0: Time to get real. I want to see some crazy whiz What's the magic made out of sting, dong? I want to see some of that whiz This castle is in unacceptable condition. Unacceptable.
1: Mathematical. Bacon pancake. Welcome back to the world-famous WizBiz podcast with Alex and Eric. My name is Reverend Eric, and across from me is Alex.
0: Yes, I'm not a reverend, but my name is Alex, so that is correct. Uh,
1: this podcast is all about Adventure Time, or ostensibly all about Adventure Time, though we don't always stay on topic very well. And in this episode, we are covering uh, adventure, two, season, two episodes of Adventure Time, Season 1, Episode 11, Wizard, and Season 1, Episode 12, evicted. Uh, I'm excited about both of these episodes, Alex. They're two, I think, of my favorites in season one, although there are like 50-some episodes in season one, so it's hard to really pick favorites, but... Is
0: there really that many?
1: I don't know. I just made up a number. Uh,
0: well, you know, you're you're a host of a Adventure Time podcast. I was trusting you so to I'm have... supposed to know these things. Shit. I mean... I mean, my guess is
1: there'd be 52, right? Two times 26. I don't know why 26. I just pulled that number out of my butt.
0: Yeah. I don't I think there is only like 26, though. 26 episodes? Yeah, or somewhere around there. So are we yeah. close to the end of season one? Uh, we're close to the halfway point. I'm so confused. Well, if there's 26 and we're on 12.
1: Right. Okay. I see what you're saying.
0: Yeah. See, am... math works by using math. <laughs> <laughs>
1: that sounds like the sort of thing jake would say so what
0: you do is you math the math and then at the end you get some math
1: <laughs> who uh, wants some free magic powers
0: uh oh i do i do <laughs> eric i mean i think we only can start this this uh episode in one way you ever wonder what a demon heart looks like you ever wonder what one tasted like yeah, hey kid, you want some magic powers? <laughs> Free magic powers. God then they So,
1: yeah, so the episode starts with this and then of course there's this amazing like hell door that when they come out the other side it's made of butts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I uh I just I love this episode. You know, um Bufo is one of is one of the um main characters in this episode who and Bufo is this collection of like weird tadpoles that pilot around a giant toad man and are a wizard, sort of a collective wizard.
0: Yes. Do you know, uh, fun fact, uh, his last name? Buffo is the last name? Yeah. What is it? Bufo these nuts in your mouth. Oh. <laughs> Hi, I'm from the internet. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so Bufo, uh, well, so the creature that I guess houses Bufo mm-hmm. answers the door when Finn and Jake arrive and it's like... Uh, are you Bufo? No, I'm not Bufo. Can we talk to Bufo? And his head kind of inverts, and then this poly creature. This, um, yeah. yeah. His,
1: his neck sack or something yeah. bulges out transparently. Yeah. It, it, Bufo's a great character design. Like, so crazy. And speaking of character design, one of the character designers for Adventure Time is um, Phil uh, Rinda, from which Phil Face comes. The Phil Face is the face that gets drawn on the wall during this. Oh. Yeah.
0: Oh, wow. And Phil
1: Face makes an appearance in this episode. I believe one of the old wizards or something has Phil Face.
0: No shit. Yeah. Oh, I didn't pick up on that. Phil Face
1: kind of shows up throughout the series. And I believe this is the second appearance of Phil Face.
0: So Phil Face, uh, give the audience a better explanation of what that means.
1: Okay. So the Phil Face is like a, uh, this is like Phil the name, you know, like Philip. Yeah. Um, It's just this sort of like dorky looking uh, smiley face with like nerdy glasses and sort of like stubbly beard hairs. And it shows up sort of like on different characters, usually like background characters throughout the uh, throughout the show. But it's a reference to uh, Phil Rinda. Like, it's yeah. supposedly a, a character of Phil Rinda. And Phil Rinda is one of the character designers for Adventure Time. Now, is that
0: the face that we were drawing on our ritual? Was that the... Oh, yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So, so so we'll talk about Phil face more when it becomes uh, part of the plot.
0: Yeah, but for old-time listeners, the and we've referenced that in the show before, the... Uh, Alex cast an Arnomancy Halloween special where we tried to summon a cartoon demon. Yeah. Uh, the fill face was...
1: Uh, was a very important part of yeah, that.
0: Yeah, it was an important part of that. So, yeah, we, we get inside the, the magical tower and we are introduced to how they're going to learn stuff. And level one, Dustomancy.
1: Dustomancy. And what you have to do
0: in order to <laughs> learn Dustomancy is eat these brooms.
1: Oh, God. it's just, it's just It's the grossest thing they have to do, honestly. Like, everything else is pretty easy compared to eating yeah. a broom.
0: And I do like the, the Jake style of he just grows big, throws it in his mouth. It's like, just do this, Finn. And, yeah, that's... <laughs> just not, do what I do. Yeah, and then Finn just has to <laughs> just sit there eating a broom, which actually... Oh. I kind of was, like, picturing too much. It was just like, oh, God, that would be brutal. Uh, oh, so many splinters. So yeah.
1: many, like... Oh, and the shits that you get from that? If, God. Broom yeah. shits? Nobody wants broom shits. Although I suppose maybe one of the spells he learns at some point is uh, Digestomancy.
0: Yeah, I mean it would definitely come in handy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's no, there's no denying that. Yeah. Uh, oh, okay. So then, uh, so that's the first kind of one, and then we kind of start fast forwarding through levels. But the, the next level is you have to thrust your hand into this bowl of eyeballs. Which are, yeah, yeah. And so, the question for you Eric, Are you upset that this show? Uh, revealed what the initiation was, to the 33rd degree of Freemasonry? Because I've heard wait, that hold that's on. exactly on. I didn't
1: know what the 33rd... I'm not 33rd degree. I don't know what the 33rd degree is. Oh, wait, what are you,
0: 32nd? Is. Did you just ruin the 33rd for me? Okay, I'm in 32nd. Oh, I'm man. in whatever the top one is.
1: <laughs> uh time to do a bunch of whippets until wait, I Wait, what are you? I'm 32nd degree. Oh. Yeah.
0: Oh, yeah, 33rd's like a kind it's of... It's like a special honorary... Uh, yeah, yeah, that's there,
1: like is, you... there is a ceremony for it. I just yeah. don't know what it is. Oh, okay.
0: Yeah, I just thought that'd be funny that I have, like all your years of like hard study of like in masonry and then at the end it's a Halloween trick of just, just put your hand in this your bowl, hand of, in eyeballs the bowl of eyeballs.
1: <laughs> that would be uh that would be delightful. Yeah, I guess um another thing about this episode that I uh was sort of that that I really liked is uh at the end, the or near the end when Finn has to take the uh pledge of ultimate responsibility. Sort of the way that it's sort of framed you know like you have all of these ultimate powers and now you must take the pledge of ultimate responsibility and i was kind of thinking like was that a spider-man reference you know with great power comes great responsibility with hmm.
0: ultimate power comes ultimate responsibility uh i'm gonna say it is just because that's more fun of an answer okay but good yeah I, I do love the, the fact that uh it's so when, they, when they're like hey you got to take the uh Pledge of ultimate responsibility. He's Like, wow, I've never seen someone so, like, wantonly and without thought take a yeah. pledge of ultimate responsibility. <laughs> so irresponsibly yeah. <laughs>
1: responsible. <laughs> yeah. And so then, uh, you know, when Finn gets when Finn takes the pledge and ends up learning what the ultimate responsibility is, that. That wizard room that he's suspended in, yeah, uh, it has a bunch of like astrological um, glyphs and sigils on the walls behind him, which I thought was kind of a yeah interesting.
0: And, yeah, the reveal is that there's been uh, a meteor heading towards the wizard temple for the past eight hundred and forty seven years or some number close to that, mm-hmm. and uh, the way to stop it is to suspend ascended wizards and shoot their power at some I don't know, it's Geinen some sort of thing. Yeah, right?
1: and it. Keeps the asteroid from advancing.
0: Yes. Which, you know, uh, interesting technique. Uh, and Finn's like, yeah, fuck this. Uh, he, he declares youth culture forever because those <laughs> old guys are fine with it, which I think is great. Um, there's a beautiful joke here where he breaks out and he, like, stands off against the meteor and he goes, ultimate wizardry activate. And nothing happens. He's like, oh, maybe my footing's off. And he tries it again and it works perfectly, <laughs> which I think is such a beautiful Adventure Time joke of like yeah. that. There's the the natural expectation is, of course, your powers aren't going to work. Yeah. He's going to yeah. try new footing. Of course, your powers are going to work. But in this show. No, no, they totally work. Yeah. yeah, That's that was the solution. <laughs> and, yeah, it's a beautiful little joke.
1: And, but then also when he's activating the powers, he's like naming them and he names like, you know, a few of them, like Vorpal Hand, Beauteous Wing, Tiger Face. And then at the end, he's like, and all of the powers I didn't name. Mm. <laughs> like, did you? Need to name the other ones? Are they special? Yeah.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah. So he he gets his ultimate wizardry going, but it's not enough to save the village, and the uh, the old wizards that before were so content to just shoot their wizard power at the at the meteor forever decide to help, and and they're like, oh god, you, you finally came to your senses, decide to help. It's like, no, we're just trying to save the temple where we live. So mm-hmm. we thought this would be a good idea. No, they
1: wanted to run away. Yeah, they were like, oh no, we're out of here. Finn was like, well, how about you help me before you run away?
0: Oh, is that the deal? Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I watched it a while ago. <laughs> that was like 20 minutes I know, ago. I know. was being facetious. <laughs> they don't know that. Uh,
1: yeah. When I came in and you were like, oh, wait, I got to watch these episodes. And then uh, you just played on your phone the whole time.
0: Well, no, I wasn't playing on my phone. I was taking notes. Oh, oh right. Yeah, but, yeah. Oh, yeah. Sure, sure. I course. was. I'm I'm re- sure.
1: No, I'm sure that's what happened. I'm, yeah, re- totally. I'm reading
0: them right now. Totally. In, in fact, I will quote, hey, naked kid, want some free demon heart? <laughs> Full circle. Yeah. But to be fair that was probably in that note before I watched the episode because, you know, I frequently reference naked kids eating demon hearts. Oh, yeah, yeah. I've, seen, yeah. I've seen your artwork. Well, I'm a member of the DNC, so mm-hmm. it's, uh, that's what we do. That's how I get my Adrena Chrome.
1: <laughs> right, at Pizzagate.
0: Yes. So, uh, uh, yeah, they, th- that's how they <clears throat> save the the place. Uh, I like how uh, Bufo at the end, he's like, oh, man, I'm just such a failure. I won't do anything. This is terrible. And Ben's like, man, no, that's fine. Just don't take, take other people's ideas and then you're cool. And it's like... Oh, I guess I will do that. I'm so glad I had that idea. (laughs) Good joke.
1: So what do you think are some of the... What are the lessons of this episode? What were we supposed to learn?
0: I mean, read the fine print.
1: I guess that's a good one. Um, I think um, Bufo's an asshole. That's a pretty good lesson.
0: Yeah, Yeah. Bufo's a jerk. Uh, You know, maybe... uh, if you're in bootvo shoes, ask advice, because I think if you have the ability to, like, trick people into, like, replacing elderly wizards, stopping the meteor, maybe you could trick, uh, you know, some some giants or something to move your city for you. Or, yeah, I, you know, I think, punch uh, the meteor on its way down.
1: Maybe there's something there about, like, um, just because you have ultimate power doesn't mean that you're wise enough to know how to use it.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's that's... I mean that's probably like a real answer, yeah. Well, I thought that maybe a real answer would be refreshing. No, it was good. I, I I appreciated it. I you know I didn't come <laughs> up with it, but I really think the 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 main takeaway is you could have just probably asked the Gumball Guardians to like come over and like. Oh sure, yeah. yeah they could have the just. Meteor. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: Um, it's interesting, you know the uh, the idea of a of a thing from space coming and threatening Ooh is a recurring theme, and um, this particular. Uh, I think they called it an asteroid in the episode, but that asteroid is not the big thematic comet, the cosmic comet, which comes by in later seasons. No,
0: no, this is just a, yeah, I think they called it a meteor and an asteroid because it's weird when they called it an asteroid later. Oh, did they? Maybe they use both. Yeah, because um, yeah, they've got the cosmic comet, which is the herald of the, you know, changing of the Yuga cycles. Yeah.
1: Right, right, right. And something, there's like Orgalorg and all that kind of stuff. I mean, that's much later in the series, Yeah, but...
0: Yeah, Ooh,
1: ooh has uh, bad luck then when it comes to um, celestial bodies uh, running into it.
0: Yeah. Well, they have. Um, when you see the outline of Ooh, I think there's like a chunk taken out of it. Yeah. So, yeah.
1: That's got to be from the mushroom more, though, right?
0: Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I mean, the idea. I mean, it, we'll talk about it, you know, uh, years from now, but <laughs> the idea. Th- Is that, you know, this is a, you know, much like the the Hindu concept of like the Yuga cycles, is that the world kind of refreshes itself each time the cosmic comet goes by, either by the mushroom war or the comet actually impacting. Mm -hmm. And there's these incarnations of some version of Finn and Jake in each of them. Right. uh,
1: The elementals are important. Yeah.
0: So I I think, um, yeah, this might, I don't know, maybe this is where, you know, the the little, little tiny little germination of a seed came from. Uh,
1: Oh, maybe, maybe.
0: Hmm. I
1: don't know. I don't know. I mean, it's hard to believe that we've come to this already. Did we zoom through that discussion? It I feel like it's already time for our first segment.
0: I think we should be on the first segment. Here's the I think the problem with episodes that are so good like that. Uh-huh. It's it's kind of I don't know, they stand for themselves. It's just they kind do. of like, it's, yeah. It, it's hard
1: to add anything. I think like in the next episode, I think that there's a fun, a ton of sort of like fun things to mention that are sort of like, yeah. "Oh, look how the story developed. Oh, look at like what's going on here. But yeah, these really good episodes. Like you really just have to watch them. Yeah. Um, and I guess there's just not a ton in Wizard that uh, reverberates throughout the whole show. Like Bufo's a a recurring character, so he shows up uh, over and over again. But he never has a ma- he never has a major role again. He's always kind of a background character, I believe.
0: Yeah, I don't even remember him showing up again. I don't. I don't doubt you. I just it's, he
1: shows yeah. up in like. The, I, think, I don't remember if he's in the wizard battle, but he shows up in, like, the wizard city, and he shows up in some other things where there's, like, a ton of wizards where there's some, like, background wizard characters. Yeah. Um, but I don't think he ever has a major role.
0: Hmm. Yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah, let's do our first segment. Okay, what's Wait. our first segment? Okay, so first segment. Shiny rock. Shiny rock. Hey, look at this shiny rock I found. Okay. I have, I have a random list of words and things I've run into, and, um... I thought I would share them with you. That list is uh, running very low. I need to refresh it.
1: So, ooh, so we get a boring shiny rock?
0: No, I still have a few good ones. Okay, I just I realized that like I need to I need to get back in there and uh, put my put my nose to the word grindstone.
1: When your list starts to get low, do you pick the worst shiny rock or the best shiny rock?
0: I'm gonna pick the best one. This is the first time it's gotten low. I don't know. I, I'm not sure about this. So how, uh, how,
1: how did it get low? I feel like we've only done a couple episodes.
0: Well, this is episode six, I think. Oh shit. Okay. Yeah, it's a fair amount of words. All right. All right. So the word for today is jamais vous. ne vous.
1: Jamais vous. Jamais vous. Jamais uh, vous. Hmm. I mean, it sounds to me like it's in a foreign language, perhaps Russian.
0: Uh, no. (laughs) Yeah, it's French. It is French. What does it mean? Uh, well, it's the opposite of deja vu. It's the feeling that this has never happened before? Somewhat. It's finding a subjectively unfamiliar something that we know to be familiar. So, like, you know something as familiar, but you find it unfamiliar. Like? I don't know, like a bottle of beer. You could be like, I don't really recognize it as a bottle of beer. Like, it's just... uh, Yeah. hmm. Like, in in that, like, uh... Déjà vu is like uh-huh. kind of the feeling of like familiarity when it's not there. Like it's almost like this has happened before. It's almost like, so if this if déjà vu is the feeling of this has happened before when it hasn't happened before, uh, jamais vu is almost like the feeling that this hasn't happened before when you know it's happened before. Oh,
1: yeah. weird.
0: Yeah, it's an interesting one.
1: Have you ever had the feeling?
0: No, but I just found the uh, I found the uh, phrase kind of interesting. I think I. I what what about like
1: um, uh, mild face blindness? Like. I meet somebody, I know I've met them before, but I'm totally, I'm like, I just don't remember what the hell this guy ever looked like. Yeah. Would that be sort of similar?
0: You're asking too deep of a question. All I really know is that. Uh, I feel
1: like you should make up an answer.
0: Um, yes, that is part of that.
1: That is it. Okay. Well, here,
0: okay. here's, here's, I'm going to give you another one then because okay, okay. I feel like that kind of fell flat.
1: Well, I don't know. I feel like I'd
0: heard that word before. Um, hey, there you go. Very nice. Do you know what a milver is?
1: A milver?
0: Yeah, one of the few words that rhymes with silver.
1: Okay, hold on. A milver. Let me me think about this. I feel like it's going to be some sort of medieval trade. Like a milver is somebody who, like, I don't know, knits handkerchiefs or, uh, repairs, um... Uh, millstones or something of that nature.
0: I mean, you're very not close at all. Oh. Uh, (laughs) A Milver, well, like you would be a Milver. uh, I would be a Milver. Yes, because a Milver is a person with whom one shares a strong interest in a particular topic, especially that of words and wordplay.
1: Oh, shit. So, So we are Milvers. Yeah. It's funny. You know, I have a friend who moved to North Carolina and we text each other frequently, but we almost always just text each other about our wordle score scores hmm. so does that make us
0: milvers i guess so huh? i believe so yeah yeah
1: well that means that like wordle has has probably increased the number of milvers in the world
0: oh very much so yeah
1: wordle is a milver mover
0: yes between wordle and words with friends and online scrabble i believe uh there's yeah yeah many more milvers in the world
1: yeah the, the the pandemic in particular caused a huge explosion in milvers
0: yeah but I mean, I think the best thing about Milver, it's yeah, somewhat use, useful word, but uh-huh. it's a word that rhymes with silver, which there is uh, very few of those.
1: I'll give you 30 pieces of silver if you'll be my Milver. Exactly. There yeah. we go.
0: <laughs> I think that's directly from the Bible.
1: I feel like, yeah, that's totally what happened at yeah. the end.
0: Yeah, so, you know, audience at home, if you ever hear that thing of like, oh, there's no words that rhyme with silver, orange, or uh, uh, what's the other one? Um, porcupine. Purple. Yeah. yeah. Wait, there's no words that rhyme with purple? Well, there are, but that's a commonly held phrase is nothing. There's no words that rhyme with purple. They're Hmm. like archaic, weird ones. Hmm. Like uh, herple uh, is one. Herple is the like, I think it's like walk with like kind of like a funky limp kind of, I think almost like maybe like a cowboy kind of gait is 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 a purple. is,
1: Is the herple the sort of walk that doesn't attract the worm?
0: I would actually, yeah, I would think maybe the herple would not attract the worm. Yes. Herple feet got no rhythm. Uh, Purple feet
1: got no rhythm. Is that the actual name of a song?
0: Uh, Well, no, it's that. What's that? uh, uh, I was thinking of. uh,
1: I'm writing it down.
0: (laughs) George Michael or Wham? That uh, I'm never gonna dance again. again. Purple feet have got no no rhythm. Is that what he says? I hope so. No, no, he says guilty feet. Oh. Okay, so (laughs) that was our first little segment. um, Okay, uh, between two milvers and a bit of jamais vu.
1: Oh, and also, like, I totally. I feel like in addition to us being Milvers, I know that I'm a total herple on the dance floor.
0: Yeah, I could see you herpling around.
1: Yeah, yeah, I totally herple.
0: I feel like I um, don't dance.
1: Uh, that just might mean that you
0: herple by default. Uh, it's more just sit there. <laughs> yeah. That's the thing that I want to learn in my adult life, is I want to learn how to be comfortable dancing. That's going to be my... It's on my list.
1: I don't know how to do that except to just try.
0: Yeah, I don't find myself in situations where it comes up. Uh also everybody I know doesn't like dancing as well, so it's not like I have anybody I can practice with.
1: <clears throat> yeah, I'm not a huge fan of it. I mean, I'll do it if dancing is like super called for, but I'm not I don't like seek it out.
0: Yeah. Speaking of a transition to the next thing. Ooh.
1: Evicted. Episode 12 Evicted. Now, I feel like uh our mini uh adoring listeners have been waiting for this episode. Mm. I, I know I was because yep. this is the introduction of possibly one of if not the greatest adventure time character aside from Beamo.
0: It goes Beamo and Marceline in my book.
1: Same here. I feel I, I, I ship them. Uh, Beam Celine. Marcelo. Uh,
0: Marcello. A, yeah, Marcelo. It's Marcello. That's where M- Jefferson lived.
1: Wait Marcel Mo.
0: Yeah. Um <laughs> And Marceline plays with BMO in, the, yes, in this episode. Yes, so, yes, yes, yeah. which is
1: perfect. That's all we need. That's all we need for our headcanon to be uh, fully realized.
0: So, yes. all right, the episode starts off, and this is uh, an important factor in this one, of uh, Jake telling Finn a scary vampire story mm-hmm. in which uh, the vampire is mean and whatever and could have lived in this very This very, very house. house, yes, and... And it turns out there was a vampire in that very house. Not just any vampire. But, yeah, Marceline the Vampire Queen. Right, right. The queen of all vampires. But yeah. What's interesting, though, is that Jake claims to have made that up, and I think he believes it.
1: hmm so- Because he totally gets freaked out later, you know, uh, when the wind blows the window open. Yeah. He... Screams and falls down to the ground, and he's like, "Oh, I know, I wasn't scared. I was just singing my screaming song."
0: Well, I believe that. I think that was yeah, just a screaming sure, sure, song. Yeah.
1: Sure, but yeah, he—I think he does kind of believe it. I think maybe he knew about Marceline ahead of time. You think? Well, I mean, Marceline's a thousand years old. Yeah. Marceline, w- when we learn Marceline's backstory um, later on, like much later on in the series, uh, she's got to be a legend. I mean, she killed every other vampire on the planet. Yeah. Like, she's the last vampire. She killed the vampire king. She killed all the vampire nobility and stole all their powers and sucked their souls out and stuff. Like, she's she's not just the vampire queen. She's, like, half human, half demon, nidosphere demon Yeah, vampire.
0: Yeah, she's badass. You <clears throat> she she gotta is. love her. And she can play the base. Yes. Also, this episode features the uh, closed captioning warbling ominously. Warbling
1: ominously, which I hope... Ends up being the title of this episode.
0: Yeah, I think I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna name it that. Okay, assuming okay. I remember.
1: So yeah, so Marceline gets introduced in this episode, and she is um, I feel like she's a very interesting character and has a lot of interesting development because when she is introduced, it's made very clear that she is terrifying and deadly hmm. in a way that like nothing else has been presented as so far. Like even the Ice King, one of the most powerful creatures on Oo is never sort of uh, portrayed as something um, deadly and terrifying, you know?
0: Yeah. She's the first, at least the first, like, kind of human-like deadly, horrible thing. Mm -hmm. And um, though in her first introduction, she does, like, Finn freaks out saying, oh, you're going to suck my blood. And she's like, yeah, I could do that. But, you know, I mostly just, I eat shades of red. Yes. And it's introduced that she's actually more of a, a, a color vampire. Yeah. Which is an interesting take.
1: And a flirt. Like, yes. she flirts mercilessly with Finn, and Finn spends, like, half the episode blushing.
0: Uh, yeah. Also, well, I mean, we don't find that out till like, much later, but, you know, first uh, canonically, at least by character in the show. Uh-huh. Yeah, for sure. Because we also find out later that she had a, she had an ex-boyfriend.
1: Oh, yeah. That dude was a dick.
0: Yeah. Trevor or something like that. You yeah, know? I don't
1: remember. He gets a whole episode, though. Yeah,
0: that's true. And that's, <laughs> that's, but we'll get to that when we get to that. So, yeah, uh, she kind of brags about how she's been all around Ooh and now she's happy to be back home. Mm -hmm. Uh, She makes reference to uh, riding a school of, uh, like, mutant goldfish. Yeah, we
1: get a short shot of her being in the sunlight. Yeah. Which which I think is the only one we get.
0: Yeah, which goes back to our previous discussions of, like, you know, how much did Pendleton Ward have lined up, and, you know, how much of the world did he have figured out? Mm -hmm. You know, obviously he didn't have the Marceline mythology fully formed, or he wouldn't have allowed... Yeah. A shot of her and the, the blazing daylights on. <laughs>
1: um, I think this episode is also the first time we see the worm people. Yeah. And uh, one of them shows up right at the beginning, and then we get sort of a bigger shot of them at the end. We also get, like, our first mention of the Fire Kingdom, which ends up being pretty important later yes. on. And um, Tree Trunks shows up.
0: Uh, uh, problematically, too, because Tree Trunks yeah. is still supposed to be in the Crystal Apple parallel universe kingdom.
1: Yeah, I'm not sure what's up with that. I wonder if this episode uh, aired out of order. Hmm. Or something. Or, so, I don't know. Or maybe maybe they just didn't care that much about continuity in season one.
0: Well, it's, yeah, you know, maybe they did air-, air it out of order. She is a pretty major character and, like, immediately becomes a major character.
1: And she's in the intro sequence.
0: Yeah, so I wonder if they were going to do all of the major character episodes in a row. And then decided to push this one back to try to buff up the kind of later half of the season. Yeah. Kind of mid-season finale almost.
1: That could be. Uh, I'm sure that this is something that uh, the internet could answer for us. But yes. But I did not look that part up.
0: Yeah. So uh, she shows Finn some nuts and they turn into like dancing sprite creatures mm-hmm. out of, straight out of Miyazaki, which is great. And Finn says, oh, you're wonderful.
1: Oh, yeah. He We're, totally digs Marceline yeah. first.
0: Yeah. And then uh, she pretty much immediately boots them because it turns out that she has carved an M in the treehouse many years ago and has claimed her stake to the place.
1: And as we go throughout the episode, it turns out she's done this more than once. She just like carves her initials in places and then yeah. she's like, this is mine now. It's um, this is definitely Ooh needs property lawyers for mm. sure. I feel like Ooh needs some sort of regulatory uh, board that controls ownership.
0: Yeah, I mean, you're probably going to get those uh, Brian Posting businessmen from earlier episode.
1: Those would be those would be perfect for yeah. that sort of thing. Although I also believe they would probably just try to take over all the property rights.
0: And uh, so this uh, this episode is also probably uh, one of the kind of uh, early most musical ones mm-hmm. of uh, we get the "Oh, Marceline, why are you so mean?" sequence. Do you know
1: who's sang that?
0: Um, uh, a human being,
1: Pendleton Ward. Really? Yes, that was Pendleton Ward yeah. singing. The um the Oh Marceline song. I think it's also called the House Hunting Song. Oh, okay. And then also, you know, Pen uh Marceline's uh, voice actress, Olivia Olson, is an incredible singer yes. and does all of Marceline's songs also. Uh dear listener, if you want to treat, go look up her stuff on YouTube. Yeah. She's just she's delightful to listen to, a uh, heavenly voice, wonderful sense of humor, great singer.
0: Yeah, and she did a uh she did a duet with her cartoon father at some point, Hans and Abadie, yeah, right, which is a fun one. Uh, yeah, so Marceline, why Are you so mean? Great song. It's a bop. We love it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Jake sings an absolutely terrible song oh, about God. where home is, where she's like, home is wherever you find yourself feeling oh, yeah. loved. Yeah. And just playing like off-key viola. Was, oh, that's yeah, totally
1: yeah. Jake in the style of Tom Waits. Yeah, that's yeah, what I wrote yeah. down. I was like, is Jake singing like Tom Waits? Yeah, that's in my notes. <laughs> And then Finn follows up with a pretty half-hearted rap that isn't very good, too. But, um, you know, by the end of the episode, it becomes apparent that Marceline is just playing around with them.
0: Well, let me stop you there, because there is a question about that. Yeah? I mean, I think it's apparent by the end of the episode, but at one point, Marceline does make an earnest effort at sucking Jake's blood.
1: Does she? Because it turns out Jake just moved all of his guts and organs into his thumb.
0: But did she know that?
1: Yeah, I don't know. I don't know.
0: Do you I think saying, she would have killed Jake? I don't know. I mean, it feels like that was the intention. Or maybe she knows how to stop sucking blood at a certain point that it doesn't kill the person she's, she's feasting upon.
1: Yeah, maybe she was just going for a nibble. Yeah. I mean, she obviously didn't get any blood out of him and then discards him. Wow. Uh, so that's a good question.
0: We also see her turn into like a... a Giant demonic bat thing, yeah, which uh, appears later in the show,
1: yeah, yeah, that's definitely a recurring thing too. She can shapeshift and get huge and scary. and yeah, she's she's terrifyingly powerful,
0: yeah. and uh, in her bat form, she you can see the the Hudson uh influence oh, on her show,
1: sure. yeah. yeah, but you know, I mean, she like she like bats finn around and spanks him and stuff and in the end, just sort of gives him a kiss. like it, it was obvious that she. She was roughhousing a little too rough. Yeah. And Finn didn't realize it. Finn put his all into trying to stop Marceline and she just sort of laughed it off.
0: You know, so they find a new home in their, uh, in a cave, uh, which Marceline is. So they have a big party and then Marceline crashes the party and takes the cave back. And she's like, oh no, you can have, you can keep, you can keep the tree house as a gift from me, Mm -hmm. which is like just a fucking power move. Oh, Um,
1: totally. What a. Yeah, and, you know, just the thought that, like, Marceline is forever Finn and Jake's, like, landlord is pretty awful.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Finn and Jake uh, triumphantly uh, return to the treehouse, uh, you know, saying, oh, yay, we're back. And then the, and when they get there, yeah, the worm people are there. And the king worm. Yeah, the king worm, this giant psychic worm comes down and yeah and then takes over their mind and he's like come here friends hug me
1: do you know that's the one this this is something that i've been waiting to tell you about the king worm is voiced by eric estrada from
0: chips really yes oh yes What? that was eric estrada yes from chips how the hell did that happen
1: well you know he probably rode his motorcycle to the studio
0: wow um, that's, yeah, I don't know what to do with that, but that's really interesting.
1: I have seen every episode of Chips. Really? Yes.
0: I've seen in upwards of one, but oh. I'm very familiar with the show.
1: Well, it's a, it's a, it's a masterpiece. It's a, it's, it's the best TV show to feature motorcycle cops,
0: uh, as the main characters. Yeah. I'm trying to think, uh, if, uh yeah, I was hoping there'd be a hilarious example of one failing <laughs> even better than cop rock, which I'm assuming had <laughs> had a motorcycle cop in it. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I was uh, I was really delighted to see that. I'm really glad. You know, I remember I, I don't know if it was the last episode of the episode before, where we were sort of pondering like, should we see who these guest actors are? Like, who are the voice actors? For oh these? yeah. Like, so this time I actually looked and I was like, holy shit, Eric Estrada! And I didn't believe my eyes. I was like, like the Eric Estrada, and no. sure
0: enough, it's him. Yeah, weird casting. Let's, we'll do this out of order a little bit. Okay. Because I have a question for you about Marceline. Okay. And I've asked you this before, and I, I forgot the answer, or maybe you didn't know. Later, much, much, much later in the show, we uh-huh. get Marceline's backstory. That she was there during the Great Mushroom War, or just shortly after, with her mom. And her mom took care of her for a while, and then other things happened, and I don't want to give too much away. How is she half-demon?
1: Her mom must have bumped uglies with and Abadir.
0: See, that's weird that we don't... I'm not saying we, we we get to see the copulation scene. It's just, it's weird that that's just thrown away that she's half-demon, but, like, she just looked like a kind of a regular little girl.
1: No, she looked weird. She was purple and had, like, pointy ears.
0: But yeah, Okay, I mean... And I this is for... in an age when everybody's still human. Oh, uh, you know, I think that's what was messing me up, because that looks, like, pretty normal for the Land of Ooh, but I guess it's it technically, like, still like Earth back then.
1: Yeah, and remember in the vampire uh, storyline, there's a huge problem with, with her like the humans won't allow them allow her to hang out with them yeah for a long time because she looks different
0: yeah that's right okay so yeah so we just basically never got the the story of how her mom and and hudson abadir met
1: i think Hudson abadir probably came to uh U or earth as it was back then in human form and seduced her
0: but what's interesting too there is so that means the Nitosphere existed when earth was still earth the nitosphere always exists. Mm. That's where bananas come from. Oh yeah, I didn't think about that. I, I thought bananas only came from like uh, calypso music. Oh, <laughs> oh no, that's the, that's the telling thereof. Yes, yes, my, my mistake. Okay,
1: to. okay. So uh, you you had more questions?
0: No, that was really it. It's, I I just I was a little unclear as to her half vampire, half human nature, and.
1: Well, she's half demon, half human. Oh,
0: yeah, sorry, sorry. Yeah, half demon, half human. That's what I meant to say. Um, I think it's... I guess I forgot that when during those backgrounds, yeah, she does look a little weird, but um, she looks very weird for being Earth still. Mm-hmm. It was, I think, the thing that was that was stumbling me, because, like, she just looks like a little girl in ooh. It was just ooh, which is like, Oh yeah, that's just, like, what she looks like. Yeah. But, yeah, I guess. So, man, maybe we get, like, a, one of those um, in distant land things that they do on HBO Max. Maybe we'll find out. The because I want to know how the hell how fucking Hudson Abadir went up there and he what he fell in love with her mom or oh I doubt does it was he get, love. does he get horny
1: I think he I think there's some dialogue or something that, that talks about it at some point yeah uh, I just looking forward can't to it. think uh, of it right now yeah we'll just have to keep our ears peeled yeah watch out for that maybe one of our listeners knows
0: yeah I hope so uh, yeah you should get in touch with us we're at whizbid podcast on Twitter and on Instagram. And that's it. And Instagram, just go to Twitter. Yeah,
1: yeah. And you know what? Our Twitter needs followers. So please yes. uh, follow us on Twitter. I promise it will be amusing.
0: Yes, there is there is plenty of whiz biz content to be had there. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can also... Um, Stop by our sponsors, which we don't have any, and we don't have a Patreon, so you're welcome for not having to sit through that. Oh yeah, that is our that is our <laughs> gift to you. But we yeah. do
1: want you to subscribe to the podcast, yeah, and follow us on Twitter and follow us on Instagram.
0: Yeah, rate and review uh, if There's places you can rate and review. That'd yeah, be
1: great. I would say at this point, if you're going to do one thing, if you're listening to this, just subscribe. Yes. Yeah, that's our that's our uh, you know. CTA, our call to action.
0: Okay, our call to action. Please subscribe subscribe to the show if you're listening to this without having subscribed on your podcatcher of choice.
1: Yes, we are available on everything from, you know, uh, iTunes. Wait, it's not iTunes. Apple Podcasts to Spotify to all the junk in between. Sketcher and Stitcher and... Sketcher I believe is a snitcher, brand of casual shoe. Smacker, Spanker, all yeah. of those. We we are available everywhere.
0: Echo Box. Echo I just made that one box. up, but it sounds it sounds like there there be some stupid shit like that. Yeah. <laughs> Pod uh, Monkey. <laughs> Eric, I have two things I would like to request of you. Okay. In no particular order, but I think you know what order you're going to go in. Could you show and tell me Ooh, something?
1: Shit. Yeah, okay. Oh, okay, put that away.
0: No, no, that's not what I meant. <laughs> God, Eric, we're platonic. Jesus Christ! I God. mean, it's nice and all. I'm impressed, but you know Eric. what?
1: I used to hate the fact that we aren't making a video podcast, but now I wish we were. Uh, yeah.
0: <laughs> take take that out. take that as you will. Uh, so you have you have something to share with the share with the class.
1: Yeah, I'm going to start off with the tell. Okay, uh, not the show, just to you know mix things up. Cool. Um, so, as you know, I just went on a month long journey across the country. On the choo-choo train. Uh, and one of my stops was Minneapolis. And in Minneapolis, I stayed with uh, my friend Nick Chappell, who is a uh, uh, famous internet occultist who is probably best known for um, writing the uh, kind of like first scholarly piece about the Cabalian uh, not being hermetic. Oh, really? Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, fun guy. He, he was a great host. Uh, and one of the things he did is he took me to Magus Books, which is sort of a famous kind of like a cult shop in Minneapolis. And when I was at Magus Books, I was like, well shit, I'm at Magus Books. I need to buy a Tarot deck. Yeah. So I did. I bought uh the Egyptian Tarot. Um there are a lot of decks called the Egyptian Tarot. Uh this one has is uh the l- oh god, I'm gonna have to Oh yeah, another thing that's happened, I've I've gotten to the age where I can't uh, read small print with my glasses on.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah. It's not cool. I know, I'm getting there too. I I'm I'm reaching <clears> the my, the last time I went to the ophthalmologist, they're like, well, you know, you don't need them yet, but you're getting there that, you know, just get like number one reader glasses if you're, you're going to struggle with reading small stuff, which...
1: Oh, yeah. I, yeah. I, I'm fine um, without my glasses on. I can read small stuff. Just oh, really? Fine. Oh, I'm yeah. lucky. Um, so this is a, a La Scarabeo tarot deck. Uh, if you haven't seen it, La Scarabeo, they make pretty good decks, but, uh, you know, they make tons and tons and tons of them. So there's not, there's not always like a lot of um, huge creativity involved. Uh, And then the artwork on this deck is by Silvana Alassia. So i had been wanting an Egyptian-style tarot deck for a long time, um, primarily because um, my friend Jay Swafford, the guy who uh, made the Picatrix Deccan's deck and the the Moonlit Hermit tarot, he has this incredible and unfortunately out-of-print and very rare Egyptian tarot deck that is just filled with weird occult symbolism and oh, yeah. great stuff like that. This deck isn't quite as exciting. I think it's actually still in order, so you can yeah. you can take some of them and look at it. Like, you can see...
0: So I'm looking at the Fool right now. Um, and we got some other languages. We got El Loco, yeah. uh, El Mato, Le Fu mm-hmm. uh, Der Nar and D-Dwas.
1: Yeah. Uh, that's sort of really typical for Las Carabeo decks. They usually have, like, six different languages um, on the card to sort of you know, show you.
0: So I'm I'm looking at some uh, some of the trumps here, and yeah, the empress, their head are Sharon, yeah,
1: They kind of all look like um, papyrus paintings.
0: Yeah, it it it's done in very kind of bright, vivid Egyptian style, mm-hmm. uh, with a lot of hieroglyphs in the background, and um, it looks like there's some astrological stuff going on. Uh, there might be some Jewish lettering at the bottom right. I'm not mm, sure about that. I
1: don't know what that is.
0: Uh, oh no! Now, as I'm going through, those are a couple of them look like Jewish letters. Yeah, but yeah, 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 I they're, agree. They're, uh, That's somewhat... a good
1: question. Yeah. So, you know, I haven't spent very much time with this deck. I don't know if the hieroglyphs are accurate or taken yeah. for anything. I honestly don't know a whole lot about it. <laughs> Just thought I'd bring it in and show it off. I, I definitely still have to spend some time with it. Um, so it has uh, kind of like cool artwork for. The trumps, but of course, uh, like most uh, Los Carabeo decks, it just has uh, pretty standard stuff for the pips. Oh, okay. So it'll just be, you know, like the wands are all shepherds, crooks. Let's see. The, uh, the swords are like Egyptian daggers. The chalices are cups. <laughs> There's no... <laughs> and let's see. And the pentacles are weird-looking Egyptian coins. So so there's a little bit of additional art and stuff, but it's it's not the most exciting deck that I've showed up.
0: Well, all right, so let's let's do a little comparison here. Okay, what do you have? Do you have an Egyptian deck? I have an Egyptian Tower deck uh, from my shelf here. And Where's we, yours from? Uh, let's find out. Um, mine is... Hold um, on, I want to make sure I've got the cards in... I had some cards fall out in a weird order. I want to make sure they're all facing the right way because I hate when that happens. Okay. And that's just a card protector. So mine is the Egyptian Tarot, complete with original instruction books by Comte Saint-Germain. Hey. Whoa. Wait, Uh, what? Yeah. C-O-M-T-E Saint-Germain. Oh, the Comte de Saint-Germain. Yeah. uh, Forward by Stuart R. Kaplan.
1: Uh-huh.
0: And this is... Is uh, so that U.S. Games then? Copyright 1980 by U.S. Games. Oh. Uh, box printed in USA. So mine are um, very different. <clears throat> uh, the They're not in order, but like, for instance, uh, this is the uh, card number 37, the Master of the Cup. Oh. And then card number, what's XL? 40. Uh, the Slave of the Cup. So they are um' you're, you're better at tarot I mean you can you can look through these and see see what your thoughts are So they're not in order because I did try to read these uh read with them years ago my brother huh. found that deck and uh, they are inscrutable because like it, they're so they're so familiar to the tarot but they're they're off a bit this is cool I really like this
1: actually yeah yeah they're definitely different.
0: Yeah, like the front of it, uh, the four card number four is the cubic stone, which, and they're all done in kind of a uh, yellow sepia background with, um, mm-hmm. you know, just, it almost looks like a, uh, what kind of ink would you call that?
1: It's a, it's a brown ink for sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. These are cool. These are really cool. I think this might be better than mine. It's still not the same one that Jay Swafford has, which is. Oh, really? Which is kind of unbeatable. Like I said, there's just, there's so many Egyptian tarot decks yeah. out there. So, um. But yeah, I would say after looking at the two of these, I think the U.S. games. So, so one thing about the U.S. games is it's all, uh, it's, it's monochrome. So it's just brown ink on sort of like, uh, a tan papyrus-ish background. So if you are after full color tarot decks, you'll, you'll probably want something else. Um, but it looks, it looks pretty interesting.
0: Well, here's, okay, so this is, okay, I'm just going to read off real quick. This, so, in the front, this is the table of the 22 major arcanes. hmm Um, number one, the, so it goes, the magus, the gate of the sanctuary, Iris Urania, the cubic stone, the master of the arcanes, the two ways, the chariot of Osiris, the balance and the sword, the veiled lamp, the sphinx, the tamed lion, the Sacrifice, the Reaping Skeleton, the Two Urns, Typhon, the Thunderstruck Tower, familiar, the Star of the Magi, the Twilight, the Dazzling Light, the Rising of the Dead, the Crown of the Magi, and the Crocodile. That's amazing. So that's, that's the 22. And then, yeah, the, the minor arcana are kind of related but have different wording underneath and stuff. Well, yeah. that's way
1: cooler than this.
0: Uh, yeah. I, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to one up. I just, uh, no, no, it's cool. I you, you had, you had the Egyptian deck. I'm like, Oh, I have one here too. And I remember it being <laughs> uh, super uh, difficult to read with because it's this yeah. baffling array of new words. And
1: uh, I would say for anybody listening, if you're looking for an Egyptian tarot deck, if you can find the U.S. Games Egyptian Tarot deck, because it it looks more exciting than the Las Carabeo. Yeah,
0: I mean, I think this deck might be kind of old because it says copy nineteen eighty, and the the box yeah. felt old when I opened it. So <clears throat> I don't know who knows how hard they are to find, but it's, yeah, yeah, it's it's, a...
1: it's hard to it's hard to know um, U.S. Games stuff. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how U.S. Games decides to keep things in print. I guess it depends how popular it is.
0: Yeah, I mean, this feels kind of nineteen eighty y If I'm you know holding the book and whatever.
1: Yeah, sort of like Dungeons and Dragons first edition.
0: Yeah. Yeah, so interesting little tower decks there. All right, so yeah, that has been WizBiz uh, for episodes 11 and 12 of the show and like episode six-ish for us. I don't know.
1: Yeah, somewhere around there. It
0: must be six or seven. Yeah, we've taken a break since Eric took a month off uh, to go on his train journey. So I'm like, I don't know what episode we're on. But yeah. <laughs> Either way, what we said before, you know, uh, rate, review, subscribe, follow us, do the things. And, you know, if ever you know somebody that you think would be into occultism and adventure time, you know, the the spoken word is powerful. Just recommend us to some people.
1: Yes. Chant the ancient words. Send your friends to us.
0: Exactly. Well, we will see you next time. Adios. Bye.
1: Goodbye, Gunter!